Yeah, Monday morning at 19 minutes before the hour. Well, Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger is here in our studio. He is the Jewish community liaison at Calvary Hospital. Many of you, I'm sure, in the audience have heard of Calvary Hospital. And I'm sure many of you have been unaware until now that Calvary Hospital is a a great resource for so many different communities, including our community. It is an amazing place with its own uh, uh, unique, uh, or with many different uh, um, many different services that other hospitals are not able to offer, and they have reached out over the last few years to our community, and our community has responded with great thanks. Now, I speak from personal experience because Rabbi Rothberger and I go back to a time just a few months ago uh, when my mother was. Uh, was suffering and and was actually sent to Calvary Hospital because we thought that would be the that would be the best place for the exact uh, for the exact treatment that she needed and of course as we know God had other plans uh, but they completely uh, uh, stepped in and dealt with our family in the most caring and loving way and this week there is a special. Sacred Torah Scroll dedication that's going to be happening at the 92nd Street Y. And we'll talk more about that and plenty more with Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger. A pleasure and an honor to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you for having me. Um, let's start with the basics. What is the mission of Calvary Hospital? What have they been doing all these years? Why are they so well known, especially in the New York, New Jersey area? Well, Calvary's mission is a place where life continues. And for over since 1899 when they opened, the whole mission of Calvary is to basically take patients who are suffering with diseases, uh, terminal diseases, cancer, not just cancer, but it could be any type of terminal illness, and to help if we can treat the symptoms, we try to treat them. So we try to do whatever we can. And if treatment is not viable for the patient, then we switch to palliative care. We will just cure this, you know, not cure the patient, but help treat the symptoms so that they will be able to be comfortable and not be suffering. And they do this very well. (laughs) They have an incredible staff that's very dedicated. And the first point that you make I really would like to emphasize, and that is, uh, as we had in our situation, uh, the first thing they do, because, again, there are impressions out there about what Calvary is all about, first thing they do is try to solve the problem, try to use your expertise, and you do have departments that have expertise that other hospitals do not have, to actually treat and best solve whatever the medical situation is. Absolutely. You know, for example, uh, when when uh, when your mother came in, it was originally for wound care. Right. So one of the things that... With the reputation from New York's best hospitals, that yours was the best long-term wound care unit in New York. Absolutely. That is how they described it. And the wound care clinic is not that old. I believe it opened in about 2004. And um, the wound care clinic, patients come from all over. Uh, Dr. Alvarez runs the wound care clinic, and Dr. Parker is the medical director in the wound care clinic. And people have been coming, you know, for 
curative also, right. and sometimes palliative wound care. But um, and you have people who walk in on a daily basis. I mean, absolutely, literally ambulatory wound care, where they're coming in constantly and being treated, and they go back home. Absolutely. Yeah. So they come and they have follow up appointments if they need, and uh, they're in and out. Imagine I'm sitting in one New York, one of New York's you know best known hospitals on Medical Mile over there, and they're sitting with me discussing you know options what what we could do. And they say to me, you gotta go to the best wound care facility in New York, and I'm waiting for, you know, one of the names I'm familiar with. And they say Calvary Hospital in the Bronx. And, you know, I was, I was a bit surprised. But then, of course, within a couple of days after my own investigation, it was obvious that, uh, that in that area, you guys are spectacular, so. Well, people, people have a misconception. They think that, you know, Calvary is it. Right. For. That it's over. That it's over. That there's nothing left to be done. I would say for about, 80%, 85% of the patients that do come there, this is usually the last stop on the train. However, there is a good percentage of patients that are discharged. About 15 to 20% of the patients are discharged either home that we're able to restore them, to stabilize them, and they're able to continue whatever type of life they have. Either they go home on a home hospice program or a home care program or they're discharged to a long-term facility for a nursing home. Others with the wound care, they go home and hopefully are able to continue their lives. Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger is here, Jewish Community Liaison, Calvary Hospital up in the Bronx. Uh, For those of you who are curious where it is, if you're familiar with uh, Montefiore or with Einstein, it's all right there. Uh, basically across the street from each other. Uh, we'll talk about the event coming up Wednesday, and I know it's a very special event, um, and we'll do that in a moment. But at some point, um, Calvary Hospital must have made a concerted effort to reach out to other communities because it is amazing um, just how many people are taking advantage of your service from our community. They know about it. They've gotten used to the idea, so to speak, and they are now, you know, as you know, they're they're there you know, getting the services necessary for their family member. And one of the one of the unique mis and one of the biggest mis- misconceptions about Calvary is people say you're a hospice, and the truth is we're not. We are an acute palliative care hospital, so we're able to do more things for people to keep them longer, to sustain right. them, and to help them get a quality of life. And also, they also believe also in Kedusha Sachaim and the sanctity of life as well. That life is precious. Every moment is precious. And uh, that's one thing that Calvary does. It it was about three years ago that um, Yeshiva University approached Calvary Hospital wanting to create a relationship, a collaboration. And uh, we have four of the Russia Yeshiva, Rav Herschel Schachter, Rav Mordechai Willig, Rav Yaakov Neuberger, and Rav Moshe Tendler, who are available to answer Shaila's questions that people might have in terms of end-of-life issues. And people are welcome to take advantage of that service. And if they feel that they want to contact their own rabbis, their own community rabbanim, they are welcome to do so as well. Uh, our executive medical director, Dr. Michael Brescia, who is the force behind this entire initiative, um, he would say, of course the rabbis are welcome in the terms of medical care. We can't practice without them. They are part right. of the medical team. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. So any medical decision that requires rabbinic question, we won't do anything unless the rabbi is consulted. Yeah. See, that's why your that. role, and I saw it with my own eyes, is so different than, in other, than, than what a chaplain or a Jewish liaison would be in other hospitals. Because, frankly, 
in a lot of other places, the the you know the spiritual or religious part of the family, that part of the equation is I wouldn't say ignored or even disrespected, but somewhat. You know, it, it works on a parallel basis. It's somewhere there on the side as everything else is going on. In in this case, in in where you are, it seems like it's just part and parcel. Just like a doctor might visit the patient a few times a day, and in your place, I can tell you, they do visit a few times a day compared to other hospitals. <laughs> but in addition to that, you know, someone like yourself is also involved with the doctors in this whole process. And hey, for our community, you know how important that is. Absolutely. You know, when the doctors need us, you know, we had we have had patients from Eretz Israel who right. came, came I to saw us. It there, huh? And, uh, you know, we, we, we uh, I learned a lot of uh, medical terminology in Hebrew this <laughs> past summer and we were able to communicate for families that were not able to communicate Um, you know we also now have uh, relationships with uh, RCCS and uh, Chesed 24-7, Satmar Bikacholim and patients from the Chesedish community are coming to us also so we're continually um, expanding our uh, our reach and the truth is the hospital also made a very concerted effort uh, over the last two and a half years you know, you need a person like Dr. Brescia to take a tub room that was totally renovated, brand new, to say we're knocking this out to build you a Bika Cholim room. And the um, a beautiful Bika Cholim room. The uh, the Bika Cholim room was built. Uh, we had a ribbon cutting. It was almost. It's going to be about two years. Uh, it opened a year ago, two, just about a year and a half ago, two years ago. It was opened. No, it was a year ago. It was opened up uh, before Rosh Hashanah, and. Just as a, a family came in to spend Rosh Hashanah with us, they were with us through sukkahs. Uh, we do have a sukkah on premises, and I remember they told me that that patient, the last meal that the patient had with her mother was at the Calvary sukkah. And uh, people have been now coming this year to Cholamoid. I got a call. Somebody called me from the community, and they wanted to use our sukkah. So we have that accommodation. The Pelham Parkway area was expanded. Right. So now families can carry. Uh, the building is also very Shabbos friendly that we don't have any electronic doors. And um, we also built a Shabbos lounge where families can sleep over. Uh, and if they need places to stay over Shabbos, we arranged that families could sleep over 24-7 by us anyway. Uh, the other thing is um, we took into account that all the hand sanitizers, even in the hospital, are battery operated with right. the exception of the one outside the Shabbos room and in the Bika Holim room. <laughs> so every consideration for a Shoma Shabbos family was taken into consideration upon the building of the Bika Holim room and the Shabbos hospitality. No so, question about it. Uh, Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger, Jewish Community Liaison at Calvary Hospital, is here. By the way, before we talk about the event, uh, th- there's something I-, I alluded to it when I talked about the doctors coming in, you know, often. You being there often, again, not a norm in a lot of places. And I've, you know, I've done my tour of hospitals over the last many years. Uh, so I speak with some uh, authority, some knowledge. Um, but I have to single out, and I would feel, I would feel, feel terrible if I wouldn't, uh, Dr. Alma Carrington, who was responsible for my mother's, uh, uh case or her, uh, uh, ordeal. And, um, the bedside manner, and I said this at my mother's funeral. Every single person who is in the healthcare industry, especially those who are nurses and doctors and PAs and those who deal directly with patients, should spend one day with her, in my opinion, up at Calvary. You'd probably welcome it, right, if a group of students... Anytime. Or other, they come always. And- just watching her, not saying a word to her, just 
watching her deal with patients and their families. And you know I'm not exaggerating. People out there, I'm sure, are rolling their eyes like, come on, you know, sounds cliche-ish. But it is, it would be important, and rabbis as well, I think, should walk around with her and just see how she deals with patients and their families. You know, these are the people that, uh, that you need to be most loving and caring. And again, not, I'm not putting down the whole medical industry. Obviously, there are exceptions, but in many cases, you know, it can be a cold relationship with doctors, especially doctors who are not your own, those who are just taking care of someone in a hospital setting. Again, no criticism. That's just a reality. So this was a, a different type of experience. And I can tell you something that my mother in the last couple of weeks of her life appreciated very much. She really connected to her and, and understood there was somebody on the other side of her who was trying their hardest to get her, you know, better as fast as possible. So big shout out to Dr. Carrington. Absolutely. She's probably cringing right now. But, oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, she yeah. is also one of the biggest gifts that Calvary has to offer to the community. No and question about it. Very special staff. The 11th of November, which is this coming Wednesday night, it's called From Darkness to Light, Restoring Life to a Sacred Torah Scroll. It's happening at the 92nd Street. Why? Calvary Hospital invites you to be part of this amazing celebration. Rabbi Rothberger, explain how this uh, sacred Torah scroll and its restoration has uh, become a Calvary event. So this is also the doing of, um, of course, our executive medical director, Dr. Michael Brescia. And we received this Torah scroll in 1987. One of the chaplains at Calvary at the time uh, wrote out to um, Westminster, the the, uh, Memorial Scrolls Trust of the Westminster Synagogue in England. These Torah scrolls were about 1,564 of them were rescued from Czechoslovakia. They were looted, of course, and they were saved after the war. And they were brought to um, the Westminster Synagogue. And the Memorial Scrolls Trust since then has been distributing these Sifrei Torah to various shuls, congregations, schools, hospitals uh, throughout the world. So they could either be used, displayed, or however you would like. About two years ago, uh, we get um, a condition report request from the uh, Memorial Scrolls Trust that they want to see what's going on with your Sefer Torah. And um, the uh, Sofram from Sofer on site in Florida, Rabbi Gedalia Druin came down, and he evaluated the Sefer Torah. And after going through from end to end, he found that um, we can restore the Sefer Torah. Wow. And there is, a, there is wow. extensive work that needs to be done. Uh, holes have to be patched up in the cloth, and uh, creases have to be taken out. Of course, letters have to be rewritten. But he said that this Torah can be restored back to kosher status so it can once again be used. Symbolic, by the way, for your facility, whose main goal is to restore people back to their glorious self. It fits in so well with our mission of where life continues and part of it is continuing the life of a sacred Sefer Torah or sacred Torah scroll that this way we're able to continue the Calvary mission of um, restoring life and um, the hospital was very excited Dr. Brescia especially uh, with this project and um, we uh, are going to um, begin with this kickoff ceremony. Rabbi Moshe Druin from Soulfront Site will be with us Wednesday evening at the 92nd Street Y. And uh, we were, are going to be starting the event, uh, please God, Wednesday evening. All right, there you go. And the uh, Calvary Hospital invites everybody. It's not just to be there at the event. And, of course, we want everyone 
to come out and to be part of this great uh, event. But in addition to that, you are uh, giving uh, dedication opportunities, people to uh, buy letters, verses, etc., special passages of the Torah, uh, not a foreign concept for those who've done a Hechnas Sefer Torah or have restored Torahs in the past. How do people get information about all of this? If they want to uh, participate in that way, what should they do? So the first thing is they can go on to uh, the website, www.calvaryhospital.org slash Torah Restoration. They can go onto that website or they can call either myself at Calvary at 718-518-2193 or also uh, contact Leslie Bernstein at Calvary at 718-518-2078. All right, and same thing for the, if they want information about the event itself, they Absolutely. could do that as well at that uh, phone number. Um, does the does the relationship with Yeshiva University continue? Is there still a... Uh... The relationship still continues, and uh, we are actually planning right now um, a group. We're also, we've extended our relationship further into the community. Uh, we're working together with NASC, National Association of Chera Kadisha, with Rabbi Ochanan Zone, wow. and we are planning a... A, uh, a Yom Yun for uh, Rabbanim, community rabbis, which we will be discussing end-of-life medical terminology, what Rabbanim need to know in order to make Sakhalacha uh, based on medical decisions. When is this happening? This will be happening Bezras Hashem on December 17th, Thursday, December 17th at Calvary. Wow. In the hospital itself? In the hospital itself. The, the goal is also for not only the Rabbanim to learn about the um, you know what we do, but it's also to see firsthand what Calvary is about. That it is a viable option for families who need our type of services. All right, understood. Uh, bereavement support is something that the hospital has been extremely active in. Correct? Absolutely. There's at least a 13 month bereavement program. They have a very strong uh, bereavement program. Uh, bereavement groups meet, of course, in the Bronx. There now they're starting to extend them. To Manhattan, they also extend in Brooklyn as well. They're, all the breathing classes are free and open to the public. Right. And if somebody lives in an area that it's a little bit far, they are welcome to uh, call the bereavement office, and they are able to, we can connect them to a uh, bereavement group that's more convenient to them. And I was told that the Dawn Green Hospice marked its first anniversary at the Mary Manning Walsh Home. How does this expand the hospital's mission? So this expands the hospital mission that, this is an inpatient hospice unit. So as opposed to the hospital, it's a little bit of a different level of care, but it does bring the services of Calvary to Manhattan. It's, uh, located, yeah, it's, located, <laughs> it's located right near um, Sloan Kettering. It's oh. about four, three, four blocks down on York Avenue. Right. We have 10 beds there on the 15th floor of Mary Manning Walsh. And just like Calvary, you know, they're very respectful to every culture, especially those that you know, the, the hospital's a Catholic institution. Before a Jewish patient will come in, the crucifix will come off the wall. Right. So that will apply also in the Mary Manning Walsh home. Uh, we have all that set up there. So if people want the services of Calvary, uh, if it's going to be inpatient hospice, that, you know, it's a little hard for them to take care of families, to take care of the patients at home, they can come to the Mary Manning Walsh home on uh, York and 71st. They are sensitive to everything. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. And it's uh, it says here family-centric, and there's no question that the doctors and the staff feel they're not just treating a patient, they're really treating, quote-unquote, the family. Well, we don't admit a patient. We admit a family. <laughs> and a family is part of us when they come in. And once you're part of the Calvary family, you're always part of the Calvary family. And the other thing is also, as people who don't make it out of Calvary, 
the covered acharon, the final respects that are paid to the deceased and to the family. Yet another topic I could speak with on authority. Or which with authority. are which we do it. We've gone through this with Rabbi Zone. We worked with all the chaver kaddishas in the in the area. Uh, the various funeral homes, Hebrew free burial. We've also made arrangements with various funeral homes for people that can't afford graves to make it more usable and e- accessible for them to be able to uh, make sure that they give the proper respect and dignity to their loved ones at the time. And yeah. we've also just came out with a um, gift from the Amar family, uh, who's uh, their mother, mother-in-law, Toby Jabitsky passed away at Calvary uh, last year. They donated these cards, which <laughs> these were the instructions I'd given you at the time, Nachum, yeah. on paper. Yeah. But now they're all laminated and ready for families of instructions what to do at the time when the Neshama leaves us. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, you've thought of it all. Um, I, I invite everybody to be there on Wednesday night. You'll find out more about uh, Calvary and their dedication to our community. And in general, especially if you're in the medical field, but anybody out there who thinks that they could be of service, I'm highly recommending it. I think one of the reasons that they're so effective when it comes to our community is, in fact, because of the rabbi who sits across from me, but I don't want to embarrass him too much. Uh, Wednesday night, the reception is 5.30, the program at 6.30 at the 92nd Street Y. It's called Restoring Life to a Sacred Torah Scroll. You're all invited to be there as the memorial scroll. Uh, the dedication, the uh, the the uh, beginning of this process will be marked at the 92nd Street Y on Lexington Avenue in New York. Uh, you can uh, email Y Rivera, that's letter Y Rivera at calvaryhospital.org, Y Rivera at calvaryhospital.org. Information if you go to the Calvary Hospital website. And uh, for more information by phone, 718 576 2809, right? Five right. One, uh, 718, rather, 576 2809. Herbert Rothberger? I want to thank you, Nachum. A pleasure. Just with the. Um you know, we, we, Give me we one send, second. It's yeah. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM DAW, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmm.org. And you wanted to end with something significant for today. Yes, today's Dafyomi, which was Sota uh, Yedalid. It really gives a little bit of a sim- symbolism to what, what Calvary is about and what we are about as a people in Darish Rav Simlai, Tart Chilasag Milas Chasadim, Visofag Milas Chasadim. And we know that when, at the beginning of the Torah, that when, when uh, Adam and Chava were in, uh, after the Chait, Hashem gave them clothing. So God did, performed acts of kindness to them. As the Pasuk says, God gave them clothing. And then, Sofag Milas Chasadim, the end of the Torah ends with Milos Chasadim, with kindness, where God buries Moses, God buries Moshe, right. and we, we know that, and this is definitely our mission, and I just want to take one more moment of Hakaras Tova to my family for putting up with the crazy schedule that <laughs> we have to uh, go through and for understanding when the phone calls come in late at night or after hours, and... Uh, it's truly appreciated, and uh, a shout-out to my, my niece and nephew who are very avid listeners to JM and the AM, and we want to thank you, Nachum, for the opportunity and the time, and hopefully no one should ever need us, but if they do, I'll quote Dr. Brescia. When Rabbi Willig, Rav Schechter, and Rav Tendler, and Rav Neuberger came to Calvary, 
Remember, we gave them the tour, and Rabbi Willig said, I wish the Jewish community had a place like this. And Dr. Brescia turned to them and said, You do. It's called Calvary. It's your home also. Phenomenal. Rabbi Rachmiel Rothberger, he's a director of, uh, he's actually a Jewish community liaison of pastoral services up at Calvary Hospital. Good luck Wednesday night. I hope it's a major success. Thank you, Nachum. We hope so, too.